0: Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And today we review the 2022 movie, The Batman.
1: We talk about Robert Pattinson in this very lived in Gotham.
0: Yeah, we talk about the world building and all the characters. It's a lot of fun. After the spoiler horn, we
1: discuss Paul Dano's The Riddler.
0: And we compare it to the Dark Knight trilogy and Christian Bale and if we want to see another Robert Pattinson Batman. All this and more on Movies on the Side. Nate, I'm like, the energy is like coming out of my fingertips like Electro. I'm like Jamie Foxx from that Spider-Man movie because, Mm. I don't know, today's also an Apple, as we record this podcast, (laughs) there's also an Apple event, which I'm about to cover. So there's like adrenaline, pre-adrenaline for that event. But today we're talking about a supremely hyped movie, The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson. And I watched this last night, I got home at almost one o'clock in the morning, and I We almost recorded (laughs) then. We almost recorded this episode. We did. We had an off mic discussion
1: and (laughs) it made me remember the days when you and I would talk about movies and not record it because I did have the thought of like, oh man, we're talking about a lot of things in this movie. We should probably wait for the podcast, but there is so much more to discuss and I would gladly talk about this all over again with you. Yes. I am really sad we did not watch this movie in the same place next to each other yeah so that when i'm scared uh i could have you know buried my face in your shoulder right or say a quick joke to sort of release the tension of yeah you know this guy's missing a finger
0: it's <laughs> a thumb drive <laughs> that's a thumb drive gross get it anyway you only get that if you saw the movie but anyway the batman this is dc's attempt to redo Batman for the fifth time and we're gonna be making a lot of comparisons at least I will be to Christian Bale in the Dark Knight because I think that's the one to compare it to I'm not compared to Ben Affleck I mean he never had a solo Batman movie and he was actually supposed to direct this movie and write it I believe and then in 2017 like like he, he didn't He left or... I'm not sure. So... Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at, again, one of the benefits of recording. Not immediately after, but I did some research. I did some research and I got some stuff. But anyway, let's do the Rotten Tomatoes because this was a very hyped movie, very anticipated. Critics and audience, what do you think The Batman scored on Rotten Tomatoes? I think critics gave it like 81. Whew, man, that was very close. Critics gave this 86. And I will say audience... Gave it very similar. What do you think audience 90. Gave 90. Oh, no, very close. They gave it 89. Audience gave it 89. So I, I feel like we can talk about this entire movie and not spoil a thing. I don't even know if we need to do a spoiler horn. Do you think we need to do that? Hmm, that's a great question. I think
1: we do for like a couple plot things. But for the most part, this is not necessarily a Batman movie that reinvents batman in a way that would spoil it like if you have seen batman before you know like you know the deal like he's with alfred Uh, he's fighting crime and i guess in this movie he's more of a detective which i think is more close to some comic book arcs right i think for the most part stuff with the riddler who is the main bad guy In this movie, maybe we do a spoiler horn to kind of talk about the ending.
0: Okay, okay. We'll do that. So, first of all, I do think this is a very different Batman movie than previous ones. One of the things I did really love about this movie is the world that director Matt Reeves created for this Batman. You know, Gotham City is kind of its own character in the different Batman movies. And in this one, it felt the most real And the most different from a city that we already know. And one of the questions I asked you as we talked about this on the phone as I drove home from the theater last night was where they filmed these buildings because it was a conglomeration of stuff between England and Chicago. It's always Chicago (laughs) Mm -hmm. for some of these buildings. But most of the buildings that you see in the movie are actually from England and the Times Square looking scene that we see several times in The Batman was actually Wellington Square in Liverpool, England. I had no idea that that's what it looked like. Cool. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was thinking like Madison Square Garden and New York stuff, but that's
0: great. Yeah, and then even the The club that we see multiple times is kind of a big set piece of the movie. That was also in London, England. The real place for the club is Printworks Nightclub in London, England. So like a lot of the stuff shot on several really cool locations. And I think it made for a great feeling Gotham City that felt gritty. It felt dark. Right. And I appreciated that. I think this movie built a great world for this Batman. Yeah, I think it is the most uh
1: I believe friend of the show Matt Glover had mentioned that it feels the most lived in yes. of Gotham yes. city and I think Gotham feels like a place you could actually walk through versus other Batman movies especially like back in the day the you know the late 80s Batman and the the 90s Batman all felt like sound stages right. and like really kind of whimsical haunted house sort of gotham and then we get to christopher nolan's which feels like real buildings and real sets for these smaller shots but the bigger shots were very much uh, kind of a cg mm. uh, foggy hazy doesn't quite feel real right this one had really did have the look of okay it's sort of Dark and seedy, but not in a comically distant way. right. I love how this Gotham has kind of the Times Square ads everywhere, yeah. and almost like listen, it's dystopian in the way that we know dystopian sort of technology where it's a bunch of ads and a bunch of, <laughs> right, of right. things that we understand as like, oh, that's not great for a city to look like.
0: yeah,
1: uh, I thought that was very cool,
0: yeah, and I think that the cinematography coinciding with that world building is beautiful like there's so many shots in this movie that are very compelling visually pleasing striking but it's also three hours of shots <laughs> this movie is very long it is three hours you know in our little group dm i was thinking i feel like this movie could have been pared down to like two and a half or 2.6 hours mm-hmm. and it'll have been a little tighter But I also appreciate, because this is a new world for Batman, this is a new Batman, Robert Pattinson's first time doing it. Like, I understand giving him a lot of time, letting these characters develop. So I'm not going to knock it too much for three hours, but it is a long movie. It is. Let's real quick talk about our,
1: our favorite shots from the movie. Just kind of a no spoilers. Throw them out at me, the ones that you feel like were really impactful for you, and I will start. I loved the look of motorcycle headlights and car headlights in the rain yes they create sort of this weird amorphic glare through the rain that i thought was very pretty
0: (laughs) dude it did no that was great i love the shots of batman and catwoman on the the skyscraper you know as like the sun is either setting or rising across the city yes those shots are wonderful and i as we get to like the beginning of this movie the opening shots as Robert Pattinson does a voiceover, which we're going to talk about this voiceover in a second, (laughs) but there's all these shots as Batman is describing how every bad guy in the city now thinks Batman is in every shadow everywhere. Yes, And that was an effective visual, and then like these shots of just shadowy areas and bad guys getting scared, thinking the Batman is there. I liked those opening shots. I liked the wide-sweeping city shots, and there's this one shot towards the end, and we mentioned it last night. It's like a top-down shot with Batman kind of leading some people through water and it is a yeah holding a flare holding a flare and it was a very effective shot very cool looking and the iconic one i don't want to i'm sorry i'm probably just saying all the shots but
1: i thought we we were going to go back and forth here but i'm, I'm sorry i'm saying so, so, so. no you got excited sorry. Go for it.
0: i'll stop i'll stop but th- those are my favorite shots did you have another one
1: well i think it's used a ton in the trailer and it's still cool like even though i've seen it many times is that upside down shot yes with batman walking in front of the fire yes it's it's very 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 good and also like just the the quick scene, we can talk about uh, action in a second, but going through the hallway with the muzzle flashes lighting up Batman yes. every couple seconds. Yes. I did some research on like the kind of the practical nature of that. It was very cool.
0: I wish that the promotion for this movie was much more secretive than what it was. Yes, Because some of the coolest shots were seen in the trailer, were seen in the promos, and I feel like if all you had was a single picture of Robert Pattinson in a Batman suit and then the title, The Batman, red letters on a black background, and that was the only promotional material you used for this movie, that seeing it in theaters would have been a much greater experience because you've been like, whoa, yes. that's a cool scene. That's a cool shot. But I feel like some of the coolest moments were just shown in the trailer and it made it like, yeah, yeah. Okay, like I've seen it. If you can
1: get away with seeing this movie and not seeing any trailers, I would recommend it. Yeah. And probably not listening to this podcast either. So if you got here, <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's, pause. T- it's too late for you. Yeah, yeah. It's We've already late. described all these shots, but you're right. I saw so many of these shots, I mean, at least 50 times, like just through ads yeah, right. and through commercials that seeing it one more time... I don't think this is a spoiler to say. Cut this if this is a spoiler. Okay, you okay, hear okay. silence right now if it, if it <laughs> is. But I think the most impressive and important story beats are all in the trailer. Yeah. Like the ones that I'm remembering right now yeah. that I really liked are the ones that I've seen
0: 50 times before. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a spoiler. Okay. And I, I, yeah, I just wish they were more secrets.
1: Also, real quick about we're gonna talk about lived in space for a second yeah, yeah. wayne manor th- it's a really different take on what his house looks like it is very very like gothic yes in its architecture right and really kind of dark and not cozy and not friendly looking <laughs> at all i really liked it as going yeah this isn't a place i would necessarily want to stay i understand why it's expensive and it's a you know giant manor but i thought it was very cool that when he's actually Bruce Wayne and in a t-shirt or whatever at the breakfast (laughs) table, you look around and go, man, this is a bleak place and it sort of matches. It's sort of a bleak situation for Bruce.
0: I do feel like I don't get a good feel of what he is, like the building or the mansion itself. Like we basically see that living room thing where he and Alfred sit a couple times and then we see his like Batman area. We don't see much else.
1: Well, and his dad's, his dad's old office
0: for like two seconds. Like they cut away <laughs> like two seconds after. But I just you know you think back to the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. You get wide shots of the entire mansion. We see multiple rooms. There's a party held in the mansion in uh, Batman Begins. So we see all that.
1: This Batman doesn't party. No, this ba- <laughs> I can I can very clearly no. say Robert Pattinson as the Batman does not
0: party. Okay, so let's talk about Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yes, in this movie. I feel like he spends 80 to 85% of his time as Batman and we don't really see Bruce Wayne very much at all. You know, there's a couple scenes where we see him as Bruce Wayne really just interacting with Alfred and another like there's one scene where he's Bruce Wayne in public and it's pretty quick for the amount of time he's Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. and he doesn't really have a lot of dialogue during that scene. And so this movie definitely leans on the Batman, I guess, you know, which is the the title.
1: It's not called the Bruce Wayne.
0: It's, a, <laughs> it's not called the Bruce Wayne. And we really just see Batman a lot. And that's a choice in the movie making, I guess. Like when you think back to yeah. the Dark Knight trilogy, when you saw Christian Bale as Batman, like you knew stuff was about to happen. And it was a i think a more impactful reveal to then see the batman in the dark knight trilogy because it was like it was not as often right and in this movie robert pattens is just like walking around with detectives on a crime scene like just being (laughs) like i would say a normal guy except he's in a batman suit and that's what he does like most of the movie
1: this makes a lot more sense in the world of batman because someone who spends most of their time in a suit like a bat fighting crime who lost their parents at a young age is probably in real life much more like robert pattinson (laughs) than christian bale true like in general dealing with a lot more stuff mentally and i think it is intentional that he's batman a lot of the time because i think that's kind of where he feels the most comfortable these days he, you know he talks about he's basically a uh, nocturnal at this point and it is Right, what he prefers to be doing. And it's almost like he feels a little out of place when he's not being Batman. He's kind of awkward. Mm. Now, I had never thought before this movie, which I love that it made me think about this, how awkward it must be for Batman to be standing (laughs) around, not fighting. I mean, in general, Christopher Nolan knew this. He knew that it was awkward and I think he tried to hide it and basically like, listen, if Batman is standing around, it needs to be in a, like a pretty intimidating lighting or he needs to be moving and fighting right. or a real close up on his head and not just like hanging out in a hallway <laughs> or just standing behind a cop as he watches and listens right. because I think I found the almost the silliness of batman come through which i think is intentional by matt reeves of going a guy who's comfortable just investing in a crime scene in a costume is, <laughs> with is someone that if you yeah with ears is is someone that if you looked at him yeah he's scary but he's also like uh, he's also the batman like right, right, right and right. i think that is very intentional to show like hey he doesn't always look super super cool yeah sometimes he's just getting dragged by his cape
0: (laughs) right and i do like the details that director matt reeves put in this movie like the eyeshadow this was something kind of spread around like every other batman like christian bale ben affleck when they have the bat cowl or the mask on there is black eyeshadow or like black makeup around the eyes so the whole black So the whole mask looks blacked out. But whenever they had the mask off, Christian Bale and Ben Affleck, like the makeup would just not be there. It would either like disappear or whatever. But in this movie, I did like how whenever Robert Pattinson just stopped being Batman or just got back to the Batcave, Mm -hmm. he's got a bunch of eyeshadow like around his eyes. It's all black because he just took his mask off and you would see that there. And it kind of adds a little bit more real life. Like you're saying, it would be awkward for Batman to be walking around a crime scene with guys and it feels awkward in this movie. And you would also like have a bunch of like black eye makeup <laughs> dripping down your face yeah. when you just got back to the Batcave. And so I appreciated those details. He squints at the light coming in through the mansion and he talks about, you know, because he's so accustomed to the night now, like every night he's just out there. He feels like he's becoming nocturnal. So I like all those details. I did not like Robert Pattinson's voiceover, not because he didn't do it well. I just don't think this movie needed a voiceover. I didn't like hearing Batman talk about himself or like talk about what he was feeling. I would have rather just seen that portrayed on screen rather than hearing a voiceover. As we look at, you know, shots of the city. How did, how'd you feel about the voiceover? Yeah. The voiceover didn't
1: bother me that much because I was very excited to kind of know more about what Batman was thinking.
0: Yeah, He journals. It is journals in this movie.
1: I would, he does journal, which is probably a, you know, a great technique. We should all take a little bit from what we can all take from the Batman is
0: it's probably good to routinely journal. This is my this podcast is my journal, Nate. <laughs> th-
1: talking about the Batman, um, I could have used maybe Jeffrey Wright doing that voiceover instead. Um, the guy who plays Commissioner Gordon, mm-hmm. or just I guess he's Captain Gordon. He's not the commissioner yet. he's lieutenant. Lieutenant, yes. I still am a little bit confused about the motivation of Bruce Wayne in this movie. I thought Robert Pattinson did great. I thought he seems like a hurting individual who's a little disconnected from society. Like the way he kind of looks at, uh, Selena Kyle we'll talk about later. He all, he seems like someone who's like pretty distant from human contact.
0: Well, I feel like in the dark Knight Christopher Nolan trilogy, much of our understanding of Bruce Wayne and his motivation comes from conversations he has with Alfred. Michael Caine in those movies and I feel like I just actually rewatched Batman Begins and the Dark Knight in preparation to see the Batman and all the conversations between Michael Caine and Christian Bale are really effective they really pull you in and they really reveal Batman and Bruce Wayne's like true feelings and in this movie we really only get like two kind of deep conversations between Alfred and Batman and one of them I mean, he's talking about the past. I appreciated they didn't do the whole origin story again, but yeah, you know, it wasn't. It didn't. I don't think the conversations between Alfred and Batman in this movie were as effective. And maybe it's just because it's Michael Kane. I don't know. You know, Michael, maybe Michael Kane brings that out.
1: Yeah. Some people have, like, when playing pickup football, they have, like, an all time quarterback where he just plays <laughs> for both teams. He's like, oh, this guy can throw it to just anyone. Sure, sure, sure. I think Michael Kane should maybe just be kind of all time Alfred. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's completely fine to be like all time Alfred. Now, Annie Circus was great. I did miss Michael Caine, but in this movie, Alfred, I think, trained Bruce Wayne how to fight and sort of become Batman in a way. Yeah, yeah. And that wouldn't really work for Michael Caine. Like, <laughs> oh, I taught you everything you know about being <laughs> Batman.
0: I know kung fu. I'm sorry, the, the accent. <laughs> we
1: both did a terrible. <laughs> yeah, Michael Kane a, Why do we
0: fall? Fine. Why do we fall, Master Bruce? I don't know how to oh, do an that accent. Got worse. That, that guy, got, worse. Got, got worse. That's terrible. One anyway. more time.
1: One more time. You can do it.
0: Why do we fall, Master Bruce? Was that better? I I can't can't even tell anymore.
1: Okay. Does Batman... So Batman in this movie, his motivation is he's trying to help the city as part of his legacy. Right. But feels like the best way to help is to, in general, like scare criminals and fight crime and I guess investigate some murders as well right but does he not have sort of the thought that he can also do some philanthropy yeah. Help as Bruce Wayne. It, do, it seems like if he still has a ton of money or maybe he doesn't have a ton of money. Maybe that's, that's the thing is he just lives in the house. And he doesn't really have much, but he never does anything like that.
0: Yeah. And that's again, comparing it to the Dark Knight trilogy, I feel like there was an arc there. Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne goes from not caring to be Bruce Wayne at all and is just being Batman to by the end of the trilogy, realizing like the city kind of needs both a face to help the city directly, whether it's through philanthropy or activism, and then the Batman to also fight the crime. And I feel like Christian Bale has that balance. And there are supposedly more robert pattinson batman movies i think this is going to be a trilogy of the batman so maybe we'll see that arc for him as well so i don't want to judge Mm. that too hard but i think that's a big difference and again you just see how much screen time he is as batman versus bruce wayne in this movie and it's clear like he feels like batman is the thing just side notes little details i love the contact lens cameras in this movie and just just some of the gadgets and different things the flight suit uh that he uses in this movie i feel is more realistic going back to this feels real and lived in as opposed to sometimes like Like in the Dark Knight trilogy, there's like, how is he gliding through the air with that cape? I don't think aerodynamics works that way. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It doesn't make sense. No,
1: no. Completely, completely agree. Speaking of realistic, I think the fighting that Batman does is very realistic to someone who's very good at fighting, but not, we're so used to superheroes never really getting like someone getting like routinely good shots at him right. but in this movie he like like a normal person even like an amazing fighter against six guys will get punched some and right. grab right. some and kick some like that's just going to happen and you see that and you see it and it's very good Batman has a no kill rule right and let me tell you right. something it's a <laughs> shaky one in this in this movie because it's on the edge
0: a couple times
1: he elbows people and punches people and the sound editing in this movie, Is as if it goes through to the back of their head when he does it. And I definitely had the thought, I think at one point in time he stomps a dude. Yeah. And I definitely had the thought of, if that dude's not dead, then like you like he you better know exactly what you're doing to them to ensure that you're not killing people with your Batman punches. Right. Because I have to imagine that he has accidentally Like, if he looked back, he's like, No, no, I never killed anyone. It's like, actually, we investigated all the guys you punched. Yeah. Some of them, or the people you threw off ledges. Right, right. And they were attached to things. Like, some of them definitely died. Yeah, they didn't make it.
0: But I agree. I think the fight scenes, first of all, as you started that uh, whole section and you said, as someone who's good at fighting, I thought you were implying, like, you yourself. As, 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 someone, <laughs> as someone who knows karate.
1: As someone myself who knows a little bit about fighting.
0: Yeah. No, I do think the fight scenes were very good. Also, rewatching Batman Begins and Dark Knight, there were some really suspicious fight scenes in those movies where bad guys <laughs> just kind of stood around waiting to be punched. You could just tell. Like, it was not not the level of fight choreography that I think are, is in this movie. Like there are multiple scenes. Right. You mentioned the hallway while he's punching people that are shooting in with guns and you just see the flashes of light from the muzzles and other fight scenes, like in the club on the stairs. Right. I think Robert Pattinson did a great job in the fighting scenes. And I think the choreography was done really well and it felt real. And it also felt like Batman had an edge when it came to strength and fighting ability Not so much of an edge that it was like a no contest thing, but you were definitely like, okay, this guy has trained to do this.
1: Right. I have recently watched some of the Amazon Prime show Reacher with a giant dude, Jack Reacher, fighting dudes, and that guy was more superhero-y and overpowering of bad guys than batman and so i appreciate that like okay he is probably at like the 95th percentile of all the fighting skills of the people in this world but not like so far above them right as uh, the gamers would say not right. an overpowered character right but like right. adequately very good at it i do have to say i have to ask you this question uh-huh. if you were batman and you're in a batman I said costume earlier. That's pretty demeaning <laughs> of the Batman. If you're in a, Get up. a Batman suit, if you're in a yeah. bat suit. Bat suit. And that bat suit is, for the most part, bulletproof. Right. And, some, and you're walking down a hallway, and someone starts shooting a machine gun at you. What's your natural reaction if you're in the bat suit?
0: Like to the gunfire? Yes. Yeah, I would not probably walk towards it because at any moment one of the bad guys might aim just a little higher and get me in the face but right right apparently that, no bad your mouth cares.
1: your mouth is exposed yes i mean at worst case i mean best case scenario i would put my hand up <laughs> kind of like up in front of my face my bulletproof hand right be right like, if someone's shooting a machine gun, they shoot at Batman so much in this movie, large, and yes. he never seems to be scared that someone's going to just aim him. Not even aim a machine gun higher, but just like <laughs> a ricochet. Law of large numbers. <laughs> right? Bullets should hit you in the face, and you're not protected everywhere. Right, I would also right. say the face. A very important part that needs to be bulletproof. <laughs> Maybe I would rather take a bullet to like
0: the leg, right, than the face. And so there, I've read something about the bat cowl, like the the headpiece. Mm-hmm. And one of the things in the Dark Knight trilogy made from
1: Mandalorian
0: armor. <sighs> yeah, it does. But in Christian Bale's Batman suit like only a small part of the mouth was covered and like there was actually mask around the chin and all that kind of stuff. Right. And it does feel a little claustrophobic. And so- I do like the look of the Batman suit and the cowl in this movie. And I think Robert Pattinson looks good in the suit. Yes. But it does beg the question, how does no bullet ever touch his face no matter what?
1: It seems like a vulnerability in his suit. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we got to talk about the score just for a moment. Okay. The Dark Knight trilogy, the score was composed by Hans Zimmer and he did all his Hans Zimmery things. Mm-hmm. The Batman score was composed by Michael Giacchino. And you, I, I talked to you heading into the movie, and then as I left the movie, both times. <laughs> yes, I'm so
1: excited to hear your thoughts because I did ask Stephen before he went into this movie. I said I need you to listen for you know a couple notes that will play over and over again, and he goes, "Well, uh, you mean the one that goes, bum 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 bum? Yeah, yeah, that one." <laughs>
0: And that is heard many, many times throughout the movie. It was the Batman theme for this movie, and I was fine. Apparently, the feeling to the Imperial March, like it's basically the same notes mm-hmm. as the beginning of the Imperial March, dun 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 da dun, dun, was apparently intentional. So I, I feel like I don't know if that was a good choice because it is so close. But as I was watching the movie, never once did I think Imperial March. I feel like that score was effective and like when it gets so loud, especially watching it in the theater, there were a couple moments like when he's walking towards the penguin after that car chase where it just gets like so loud and it's just like so menacing. I was cool with it in those moments. But other than that, I would've liked to heard maybe one or two other themes. Like I would've loved for Catwoman played by Zoe Kravitz. I would've loved for her to kind of have like a theme that you hear right. when she's on screen. But instead, like the only other theme is basically 20th century strings, like playing very dissonantly. Like that was the Riddler, and any other suspenseful moment was just like 20th century strings, like playing dissonantly. That was it. Do you think we're
1: gonna get tweet from John Williams and kind of get his reaction to uh, the soundtrack?
0: I, I mean, I want to hear Hans Zimmer's reaction. Let me let me see. Hold on. Let's see. Hans Zimmer. I'm googling right now. Reacts to
1: they would never, they would never put on blast another component. That's true. That's I assume true, there's true. like a
0: <laughs> there's a kefabi or like some kind of a <laughs>
1: right, right. I assume oath. when you meet at the John Williams Council meetings right. and you show up in your hooded garbs. <laughs> And like you know, Hans Zimmer like plays you in with a shofar or whatever. The I don't think you're supposed to speak bad of you know yeah. Danny Elfman or the other members of the High Council.
0: Right. It's Fight Club. Like we don't talk about we don't talk about it. Bruno. So it was it was fine. The four note theme didn't bother me. I think it was cool in some moments, but I would like to hear some additional themes for characters in if this ends up being a trilogy in the future. Which, just as a side note. You know, when you talk about how popular a movie is on opening weekend, I'll have to look up the actual numbers. But I saw this Monday night after its Friday release, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I've seen Marvel movies like midweek, the week after. Like, I think I saw No Way Home on some random weekday matinee, and the theater was still like kind of full. There were maybe 15 other people in the theater when I saw it.
1: You did see it pretty late, though. On a Sunday. It was a school night, Steve. It was a
0: Monday (laughs) night. I saw it at like 9.15 p.m. But I feel like for some Marvel movies, that would still be like a popular time i don't know well apparently this is the most
1: popular box office dc movie since the joker
0: okay okay so let me see
1: so it's like it's doing well but you're right it might not be you know compared to marvel it might not might not be there
0: so 134 million in north american theaters best opening of 2022 which is not saying much but okay it i guess it's doing okay it's doing okay um okay let's talk about some of the other characters really quickly because I really liked Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. I liked her character. The details down to her, like long nails. And her story, I thought, was pretty compelling, even though there's so much exposition in this movie. Sometimes you can get lost with who's connected to who. Mm -hmm. I did like Zoe Kravitz in this movie.
1: I did think she was great. Let's go to Romance Corner real quick. Oh, yes. I think her and Batman have a ton of chemistry. Now, as previously stated, this Batman not charming no this batman not someone that you would be like oh this uh this guy has something that he could offer to selena kyle he is pretty much an unavailable vigilante (laughs) right but i think their overall chemistry she says at some point in time the line of like I can't help uh, picking up strays (laughs) and she sees sort of the brokenness in him. And at some point in time, she says a line, basically you just see the worst in people. So maybe we're not like so different. You and I, right. I think their like similarities in this way is very cool. And I think probably the best chemistry they ever have is not actually the scene where they, on the rooftop and they kiss right it's actually yeah. them on motorcycles
0: yeah there is something
1: <laughs> really loving about the way they kind of race their motorcycles do- to like yes There's the like a street. little bit of
0: competition but yeah they want to be near like each a- other a-
1: a high school dating relationship where it's like we yes. don't exactly know how yes. to show affection yet, so we just kind of like, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, push each other around while we walk next to each other, right. to like to flirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what their motorcycle rides
0: are. Yes, and like you said, I think a lot of the heavy lifting in this romance corner was done by Zoe Kravitz because Robert Pattinson yes. really just stands there and kind of stares at her most of the time, saying a few <laughs> words. Right. But Zoe Kravitz kills it and makes me believe the romance between the two of them. And she also has some really cool fight scenes and like infiltration type moments. Like I, I think she did great. Great in this movie. She's
1: very good and she could definitely, if she wanted to, if they wanted to, could definitely do a spin-off, some sort right. of catwomany thing with Zoe Kravitz. Like she could carry her own movie just fine. Absolutely. Other people in this movie, <laughs> let me tell you about there are about four or five people that are kind of interchangeable. And that is In this plot, there's a bit of a convoluted way that there are a bunch of older white males (laughs) that do different jobs for the city. (laughs) And I had a hard time keeping track of the guy that's first killed by the Riddler. I don't even know what he who he is. I don't know what he did. Yeah. Then there was like the district attorney. There is the commissioner. There are like four or five people that are all like. You know, and then there's Maroney and Falcone. <laughs> Maroney and Falcone. I mean, I, you know, they called him Fal like Carmine Falcone in the Christopher Nolans, and he's Falcone yeah. in this one, which is probably more like accurate to the actual pronunciation. But then there's Maroney, which I don't think we see. All of these people yeah. are like, hey, these are kind of dirty cops or they are Monsters. mobsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And other than the penguin, yes, which he is interesting in and of himself, mostly because I'm looking deep within his eyes, searching desperately for Colin Farrell. <laughs> for Colin Farrell. Yes. But other than that, there are a lot of people that are interchangeable and they didn't make me care about them nor put on my detective hat because by the time i kind of figured out who they are they died right so i was like okay i wish i guess yeah i wasn't supposed to really put two and two together of who you were or what bad
0: things you did i uh, yeah i wish they would have simplified the plot enough to maybe eliminate a couple of those people. Cause like you said, Maroney is supposedly a mobster that's talked about a lot in this movie, but is not on screen once. Like that is not a character played in this movie. Right. It's just a name thrown around. It's like, is it necessary to have this name even as a part of the dialogue. Like let's He's just part of their this big
1: bust. Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they let's... talk about the drops and stuff. I felt like in this movie, I was not a good detective <laughs> and maybe that's me, but I did feel like I like, you want to feel like you're following with the main character as he's exploring right. the mystery and the murders. Right. I felt a lot of time, like, man, I I need, I should have taken notes on who is who and what yeah, yeah. they were throw around drops as like their drug yeah. and all of these busts and who did this. And um, in his eye camera, Uh, Zoe, when she wears it, Zoe, yes,
0: yes. (laughs) Selena Kyle, when
1: she wears the contacts, it identifies all these people and they have like PGCU next to them, right? And I'm like, should I be remembering all these names? Uh, Batman I'm sorry I can't help you I'm just gonna watch you fight people now I'm so sorry
0: yeah well even Batman had to like do his conspiracy theory map on the floor of the mansion at one point to keep track of it all oh
1: when Alfred comes back from the hospital he's gonna
0: be so ticked to have the spray paint on his wood floors (laughs) I know what are you doing master Wayne uh Colin Farrell, though, as Penguin, is an incredible makeup and prosthetic job. Apparently, there was like six prosthetics he used to look like the Penguin. Yes. Does not look like Colin Farrell at all. And I think I liked this portrayal of the Penguin, not as some like caricature, maybe like a body modification type character where he actually has like hooves instead of feet or whatever right i liked this as like the penguin is just a name for this mobster who has a lot of power yes and is kind of sleazy yes but apparently can also drive really well enough to give batman a run for his money <laughs> but I-, I liked all of that and they even like tied his feet together at one point so he kind of had to waddle like a penguin very that was good very good colin farrell did great
1: do you think colin farrell I mean, he did great in the movie. Do you think he looks at his portrayal and goes like, I know that's me and I know I did the acting, but do they actually need me, Colin Farrell, in this movie?
0: (laughs) i mean he can say he played the penguin i
1: guess he provides he provides the uh, he provides the speaking and the face acting yeah but do you think he looks at himself and goes they didn't need to put me in the makeup before they could have found someone who looks more similar to this
0: (laughs) maybe i did read in the imdb trivia that at one point he went to like a coffee shop with all the prosthetics and makeup on to see if anybody would recognize him and no one did and so of course not (laughs) It's just incredible. Last thing about the Penguin, because he was the other person in the scene, the Batmobile chase scene. Batmobile in general, very, very cool in this movie. I think it's safe to say for me, it might be my favorite Batmobile. Even like the Dark Knight trilogy, they have like a Batmobile and other vehicles that are more futuristic and albeit unrealistic. This movie, I felt like I believed the Batmobile was a thing. That Bruce Wayne could have made and it l- sounds awesome, it looks awesome, and that chase scene is one of my favorite uh scenes in the movie of him and the penguin. So that's all.
1: Yeah, that chase scene is very, very good. Also, there is so much rain in this movie. If you were of- an actor or you were on <laughs> set, at times it had to be miserable.
0: There is always it, rain. It's it been very wet, <laughs> very wet. But you want to talk about Falcone or Falcone.
1: I do want to talk about Falcone. Yeah. John Tuturo plays Falcone. Yeah. I have seen him in a lot of goofy roles in his life. I believe he is in Mr. Deeds and oh, Big Lebowski, right. like all these different <laughs> he he's usually or in Transformers. He's usually more of a goofy character. Oh, right. I struggle yeah. to see him as sort of a menacing mobster. I found myself at times wishing for the batman begins mobster oh yeah well i don't know the actor who played him in that and that's power you can't buy bruce i could <laughs> shoot you right now <laughs> i can't do any of that voice either man it's not been on a great day for impressions for us
0: <laughs> right it was Maroni played by eric roberts in the dark knight trilogy
1: yeah so eric roberts was excellent I thought John Tuturo did great. His acting obviously was stellar. Yeah. I think there's just a little bit for me a little comedy baggage kind of built in. It's hard for me to take his character seriously.
0: Although I did, I liked his exposition. Like of all the exposition in this movie, him delivering long monologues. I was okay hearing it. Yeah. I was I was down for that.
1: Yeah, he had the most uh the most parts in the movie where i could actually follow what he was saying and sort of what even though some of his words weren't true i felt like okay i understand you as opposed to the riddler who we are going to talk about the riddler after the spoiler horn with everything with the riddler and let me tell you something if there was ever a time that i wanted subtitles While at a movie theater with IMAX. It was at times while the Riddler was speaking and I just go like, just take off the part around your mouth so I can kind of hear this
0: part. (laughs) There was also a scene with Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson on the building and she says something before they kiss. And I was like, what did she say? I couldn't hear what she said. What I didn't, there was one word I couldn't hear and I still don't know what she said. And so, yeah, I would, I would want to, to see that again. But anyway, so should we rate this movie and then talk about the Riddler and the ending? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so let's rate this movie on a scale. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. On a scale from zero to five thumb drives. Uh, <laughs> it was either that or the contact lens camera. I couldn't decide.
1: No, I like the, the I like on the scale thumb, the thumb, thumb drive.
0: drives. I Nate, I think I'm going to give this movie a solid three out of five thumb drives. I enjoyed watching it. Like, I'm glad I saw it. I don't have a desire to see it again. Definitely not in theaters. And even when it comes out on streaming, I probably will not watch this movie front to back again. I'll probably watch the car chase scene, maybe watch a couple fight scenes with Robert Pattinson, but I don't, I don't desire to see it again. Mm. It also, as we'll talk about after the spoiler horn, the Riddler gets a little sadistic for my taste, which some people like because the Batman is supposed to be gritty, this like gritty detective, whatever. And so some people might prefer that. I do not. I feel like Heath Ledger as the Joker in the Dark Knight trilogy was as far as I want to get mm-hmm. watching a movie like this. And he does a very good job. I'll probably I'll restate this after spoiler horn, maybe. I think I prefer Heath Ledger's Joker to the Riddler. And it might just be because of the way the character was written in this movie. But yeah, it was Good. I want to see Robert Pattinson in another Batman movie. Like I want to see him do another one and see what that looks like after they've learned whatever from this first one. But I'm going to give it a solid three thumb drives. What do you say? (sighs) This
1: is the hardest one for a while for me to rate because I really, really, really liked 50% of this movie. (laughs) Right. Right and then i was sort of tepid on the other 50 percent. Mm-hmm. i think i'm gonna give this movie three as well three thumb drives yep my overall take is i wasn't bothered by the length it took its sweet time and i liked more of the detective batman loner batman and like kind of awkward and not well-adjusted Batman. Like, I thought that was a a good take and a good new way. Robert Pattinson was great. Yeah. I'm not sure I was down for the villain, and I don't think the overall mystery that he is solving is very rewarding at the end. Spoiler horn.
0: Should we talk about the Riddler just for a moment yeah
1: let's talk about the riddler real quick
0: played by paul dano
1: at some point in time i passed along to you a tweet about how paul dano like had to go to like therapy or he had some sort of like like really struggling after being in this role for a while, yeah. And then someone said, like, yeah, when Jack Nicholson played the Joker, yeah, he like in his writer was just like, I want courtside seats to the Lakers while we f- or to the Knicks while we film or something like that. And he was like, I just want someone to play a villain in a Batman role and just act, do their job, and then go have like fun in the evening time, hanging out with friends. <laughs> like, can we not have? like yeah. people so method acting this like very <laughs> creepy characters.
0: Right. I guess it makes for a compelling detective story to have a psychopath serial killer as the villain.
1: Serial killer, right. But
0: it's it's a lot. Like Heath Ledger again, very tragic. Who knows how closely that was related to having to play the Joker, which again Not worth it, but an incredible performance. And, you know, read the trivia about some of the Dark Knight scenes that Heath Ledger improvised and just the things that kind of came out as he played the role. And he definitely got into it. And Paul Dano definitely got into playing the Riddler in this movie. But it's like, (laughs) at what cost? Like, there is a psychological cost and maybe it's not worth it. Well, I
1: think that the playing a pretty realistic serial killer it is the closest any villain in a batman movie in my opinion is to a like a real serial killer out there who has like on like dark web message boards and has these like very disturbed visions of like what he is doing and why he is doing it that makes sense i don't watch like docu-series about serial killers. I don't find them enjoyable. I don't want to, like, that's not entertaining for me. And so this was not entertaining for me from that standpoint. What I like about Batman villains typically is that they are, Goofy's not the right word but like super eccentric and weird like that that has always been the case like here's a guy who lives inside of a frozen tank on his head and he's called mr freeze and this is a guy who looks like a penguin and right. i understand you want like realistic people he is a bat man <laughs> and so this sort of goofy premise ultimately also has to have like the villain is appropriately weird as well Right, and this guy is the Riddler. Is not as whimsical as I like Batman. Like they don't have to be like Jim Carrey full on. Like Riddle no. me this, Batman. <laughs> Such a
0: different. Like I hope someone does like cutscenes of Jim Carrey's Riddler <laughs> with this Riddler. Right, it's like how different it would be. Like just crazy.
1: But a very, a very disturbed Riddler at the end, talking about how he felt like him and Batman were in it together to like uncover all of this and then he was like no no this is not the way i envisioned it like
0: that was harrowing when he started yelling like that like i was whoa
1: it is an amazing performance yes i do have to say but not one that i feel like is entertaining in a comic book way if that makes sense
0: right and i guess if you're trying to get to not make it a comic book movie fine
1: right you're making it a a noir detective right
0: bordering on horror yeah which the director mentions in a couple interviews I, i will just say paul dano is very effective very you feel not scared but you definitely feel it as you hear him on screen oh yeah and there's this interesting parallel of he is revealing Dirty cops and dirty politicians and dirty district attorneys. And it's like, yes, he is evil and he's being Uh a serial killer, but he's also like trying to bring evil out into the light. They don't really lean on this in the movie, but I do like that nuance of maybe the Riddler is like kind of doing something right in exposing all this evilness. He's just going about it in a terrible terrible way.
1: Yeah, and until he floods the city and try and that is not good. Attempts to like <laughs> yeah. kill, kill people on mass scale.
0: You're right. That that is no, not it's, good.
1: It's bad all the way, but yeah, you do understand that he's he is in a really bad way trying to like weed out corruption. Right. Which brings me to the detective nature of Batman. Mm-hmm. And this is I feel like was praised by our friends as being something that this movie really gets right. And this is something that I struggle with because I feel like the Batman Bruce Wayne is really good at riddles. This is what I know about his yeah. character, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but when it comes to solving all of this, he is basically just taken by the hand by the Riddler and guided through this movie. He only discovers what the Riddler wants him to discover right. he only learns about the murders and follows the breadcrumbs that the riddler lays for him. Right. So I don't think you are necessarily a great detective if the you are basically just a pawn for the serial killer. And then not a pawn like he's not doing bad things, but he's discovering exactly what the Riddler wants him to discover. That's true. And like the Riddler says I just needed somebody with like the brawn right. and the violence in order to like get Falcone and get these sort of people. So I feel like that sort of undermines the whole like <laughs> oh, Batman's the world's greatest detective because he's just following
0: what someone else lays out for him. Right. He never catches the Riddler off guard. Correct. Like never, never once did he get ahead of the Riddler and maybe he never outsmarts
1: the Riddler ever, which I feel like, okay so the riddler's the world's greatest detective i guess because he's the one who found all this corruption (laughs) apparently not good enough to figure out that
0: batman's bruce wayne
1: or maybe he does know this is still unclear
0: okay that that is that is up in the air we did not agree over the phone and so listeners (laughs) let us know i
1: think he i think he doesn't know i steven thinks he does know that bruce wayne is
0: batman i think the riddler knows the batman is bruce wayne but i'm like 60 percent sure I'm not super sure. Mm-hmm. One other side note, as the Riddler is thrown into Arkham Asylum, he talks to a prison mate, and he is not credited as being the Joker, but actor Barry Keegan...
1: But he is the Joker. He
0: is definitely the Joker, right. and he laughs like the Joker. He's only in it for like 20 seconds, but director Matt Reeves said that is not an implication that he'll be in a future movie. Probably won't even use him nope. uh, In if there are future Batman movies. So yeah not that was just like a teaser for for batman fans i guess but anyway at the end what happens is i
1: guess this is the batman's greatest deductive reasoning is he learns from the one policeman that it was a carpet tightener the murder weapon so he rips up the carpet of the riddler <laughs> finds right a beautifully done map of gotham yes. with exactly where these explosives are right not fast enough to find. Find out where they are. And then he does what any great firefighter or FEMA uh, worker would do and helps rescue people <laughs> from flooding. Yeah. But that is the like the, the big climax is he goes to uh, whatever Gotham Square Garden and <laughs> fights off all of these Riddler uh, you know, disciples.
0: Peons. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And learns that he shouldn't be vengeance. He should be like a rescuer. Right. Rescue ranger. (laughs) Ranger. And then he says, says goodbye to Zoe Kravitz and goes back to like, I need to be less vengeance and more
0: hope. Right. Which is that turn. He says this in the voiceover, which again, I feel like is a little on the nose, especially at the end of the movie. Throughout the movie, he would tell bad guys that he is vengeance. And then one of Riddler's associates, the guys in the masks after The mask is pulled off. He says that he is vengeance. And Robert Pattinson gets this realization like, oh, no, I'm just like the bad guys being motivated by vengeance. And I I wish the voiceover didn't like lay it all out so plainly, but fine. But I get like, what are you going to do differently? Like you were already stopping crime and trying to get bad guys. Now, what is the difference? Do you rescuing people like cats out of trees? Like, I mean,
1: I think the whole flair thing, I think the whole, like, I don't just need to scare bad guys. I need to inspire good guys. It's a symbol of hope. I need to form a league of justice.
0: Oh, which we have to say, at the beginning of this movie, DC Comics tries to do this montage of all the DC characters that are going to be highlighted this year. And, like... Really tries to be like we're Marvel too, and we're gonna have some epic movies, and they're gonna come together in a Justice League, and you're gonna love it. And I was like, eh, a little too much there, DC. I was excited
1: about two of those four movies. I'm excited about Black Adam. Not maybe not the other one. I want to see Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, exactly. As, like, you want to see? You want to see? Is
0: Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson? You want to see DJ? <laughs> I will see Dwayne Johnson in anything. But anyway, it was it was fine. I'm curious to see Robert Pattinson in another Batman movie. And I'll watch that car chase scene again when it comes on streaming.
1: Overall, pretty good. I'm excited to see him. I want to see Robert Pattinson as Batman in other movies. I mean, he was a great Batman. I didn't care much for the serial killer nature of this one, but would I love to see him? I don't know. Is this Batman able to like be with other superheroes that's a good question i can't imagine him with other
0: because i was trying to think what villains could be in like the next if there's another batman with robert pattinson i feel like the villains i want to see would not fit in this world like mr freeze i feel like that would be a weird villain to try and start moving into more of the superhuman or whatever area Clayface is another one of my favorite bad guys from like the batman cartoons but i don't see how that would be possible in this world either like batman is not i don't think he's well equipped enough to fight like freeze guns and biologically (laughs) altered people okay well anyway listeners let us know what you thought about the batman just comment on our instagram at movies on the side we'd love to hear from you there and as we always say bom I think that's that's perfect. That's a good ending.
1: John Williams enters the High Council. Bom bom, bom, <laughs> bom and Hans Zimmer goes "Wow." <laughs> Oh, yes.